This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of South podcast. I'm Eric Quintana, Sam Franco, Josh Bagriansky with me on the screen. Gentlemen, how's it going? Pretty good. Cannot complain. I just bought a house, so there's that. <laughs> Congratulations to you, yes. sir. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you very who, much. Uh, who approved that exactly? Uh, yeah, that's a good question because yeah. they obviously made a huge mistake. Yeah, uh, I feel but, you, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But no, you know, all the, the normal stuff that, you know, older people always tell you, like, equity and like you you're not you know paying for something that you don't own just all that stuff yeah. so uh, i've gotten that stuff to the to the head at this point so yes. i'm just glad that the closing process is over with and uh yeah i guess uh atlanta united watch parties uh, at my place right yes that's what i'm looking forward to where are we setting up the studio Oh, that's a good call. I, I, I am, I will have like, at least for the short term uh, until, you know, uh, little feet are running around the the house at some point. Um, you know, I'll have my own office for a little bit so we can, we can set up like a little, uh, little studio, uh, a little quiet room in there if we want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll get the padding for the walls, but uh, All right, Josh. No, it's, it's great. <laughs> You've got some explaining to do. Yeah. We're oh, officially really? shifting this podcast from blame Eric to blame Josh. Oh, okay. 2021 is the year of the blame, Josh. Yeah, that's okay. right. We're, we're converting. You're gonna try to flip this, huh? Okay. It's been flipped. All right, you did. It's been you reversed. Know, all right, fight, Eric. You take 2020. Sounds good with me. <laughs> the curse has been reversed. <laughs> this man, ladies and gentlemen, for those who are not aware, last week before the podcast starts talking about how I think we can just assume that Giannetti is gonna be a sure thing. He's signed. He's good to go. Well, yeah, we well, do this thing behold, called like, yeah. <laughs> The medical comes time. back, <laughs> and he's not good to go. And well. we can all point our fingers to Josh Bagriansky. Josh, explain yourself. I f***ed up. That's all <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, we do this little thing <laughs> called show prep, and like before we even started recording our last episode, Josh was like, I think we can go ahead and, and talk about Giannetti as if he's already signed. Let's so. touch on that real briefly, because I know that happened like a week ago at this point, and it is my fault. I'll, I will accept blame. Eric, you take 2020, the pandemic, <laughs> Frank DeBoer, that's your fault, okay? I'll take this one signing. I'll, I'll take, you know, this is on me. Um, Really weird, I mean, that, that he comes – there are two things about it that are weird. The first one are obviously that they, I assume the club did not disclose or were unaware that there were, uh, there were issues with his previous surgeries. But the other crazy thing is now he's back with Velez and, he, and he's traveling and playing with them. He's playing, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just – it's a whole – both situations we've had with the center backs, Ligianetti and Martinez. I mean, where you thought in both situations you had brought in your – one of your first-choice center backs and then hit a – the deal hits a snag at the last second for different reasons, but um, that's a big deal. You know, I mean, especially as you go into the season and you're looking at walks and Robinson being really your only two proven center halves, um, you know, it's going it, to, hopefully, you know, you can go out there and find another center back, but if these are your top two targets, you're certainly moving down the ladder a little bit in terms of who you identify. So the Genetti thing is very frustrating, but I think also it creates some issues uh, for Atlanta United this year, because even if walks and Robinson do pan out as your center half pairing, 
if one of them gets hurt, you're down to George Campbell, Efren Morales. The, the experience level and, and provenness of those and the depth is, is just not there right now at center back. It's such a weird scenario, too, because you see, like, he didn't pass Atlanta United's medical, and that could be, uh, you know, for, for a few different reasons. Maybe, maybe the, the, the knee was fine as it is right now, but, you know, you, you see something on a scan or something that it, it didn't look like it healed properly or something. And it's strange, too, when, when I say weird scenario because, as Josh mentioned, He's traveling and playing with Velez. They're like, yeah, yeah, he's fine. We're going we're gonna to play him. So you look at the, the differences in medical practices and, and team doctors, I guess, from you know, MLS to South America. And I don't think I'm going out on a limb here when I say it's a little shadier uh, down there uh, in terms <laughs> of like how, how guys get cleared and things like that. So it's always possible that while he passes Velez – standards in terms of a medical uh, he just wasn't for some reason able to pass uh the the, the markers that atlanta united's uh, medical staff set up uh, you know in order to, to to make a signing actually happen and then there was even talk after the initial medical like didn't work or whatever that um gabriel heinzo was still like i still want to sign the guy and yeah. i think so, at, at that rate the club was like yeah we're not doing that so it's all it's all has to do with the left knee. Some an, an MRI that Janetti get with uh, on the left knee that revealed a change in the uh, in the ACL. This is from Felipe Cardenas. Um, I don't know what that could mean. I I I'm sure that maybe they had their doctors look at it, like, kind of like what you said, for, uh, Sam. Kind of they had their doctors look at it, saw something they didn't like, and. More than anything, just I, maybe he's okay to play right now, but maybe uh, for for a big for. To be a signing for Atlanta United, the the risk that Atlanta United would take with something like this just wasn't worth it, and so maybe that's what ultimately just kind of derailed the whole deal. Um, outside of that, I you know these things are kind of sealed for for a good reason, so I don't know what else it could be other than that. But whatever, the point is we're blaming Josh. That's 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 the nuts and bolts of this whole thing. Is we're sitting there, we're going to blame Josh, and Fine. that's, that's going to be the theme of 2021. Anything, anything, anytime something bad happens, it's going to be blame Josh. Blame Josh, blame Josh, blame Josh Bagriansky. Yes. It's a new year and a new and a new blame to go around. Yes. Someone thing, turn, can, yes. like someone say, turn into a song and all that stuff. You that's take fine. 2020, you put 2021 on me, and we'll see where we stand. 2020 is in the rearview mirror, my friends. It's all you. Exactly. All it, you, it is, baby. It is, it is I who was pushing the country and world forward. I make one mistake on a center back, and this is the thanks I get. But well, let me ask mistake because you mentioned it. I mean, you know, Atlanta United are kind of <laughs> hey, like, what are we going to do now? You know, the 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 options true. and the time are both running out. Yep. Well, are, are you guys excited to see Atlanta United finally kick some balls and actually play the game that we love to watch? We've got 100%. a preseason preseason schedule. Tormenta FC excited. March thirteenth. Charleston Battery, March 20th. Streaming. Chattanooga FC, March 24th. Birmingham Legion, March 28th. Uh, it looks like the only one's going to be open to the public or open to the media even is going to be Birmingham Legion, uh, which will also be limited, limit, limitedly open to the public as well. So get a chance to see uh, our boys in at least that one. And we also have a – I think Charleston home. is streaming online as well. I, I thought it was, but I'm just looking at the at the, gotcha. the thing yeah, yeah. on Dirty South Soccer and it, looks, it says closed, so I just went with that. But I, I, I'm not – I'm not going to argue it's that one. I would, I'd be surprised, I would be surprised if it was closed to the public. Yeah, yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's streaming online. How do we feel about Charleston right now, by the way? You know, former affiliate, or are we just like crushed them at this point because there's no longer an affiliation? I don't know. I'm, I think like as, as the two fan bases have nothing but respect for, for each other. It's not even like yeah. 
heated respect. It's just respect. Like just we're friendly. Like even if we saw each other in, in, uh, in, in us open cup, it'd still be, you know, there'd be, there'd be some, some, some hate maybe for a couple of days before the game, but even at the game and after the game, it'd be all love. You know, I don't, if there's any, look, I know you've talked about this a little bit before Sam, but I don't think there's any hate even between the, 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 the clubs, even between the front offices. I think it's just the nature of, of the business that sometimes the, these affiliate stuff that just the stuff changes. Things, things move around. And don't um, forget, I mean, Charleston gave us the we're going to stomp you out chant. Uh, <laughs> that's from true. The, the early Who can days. forget? Who can forget? And uh, also, I mean, that's a close. Shout out to know. Deadspin. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Deadspin. And uh, the, those were the early days of Atlanta First United. time we got to see Andrew Carlton play. That's right. So lots a, of great things in Charleston. Andrew Carlton, and you're going to stomp me out. first big show. Yeah. That was our first big road show yeah. for the Mouse. It's one of the, one of the first times we had Darren Neal's on the show. You know, they yeah. uh, Blackbaud Stadium is no more in Charleston. Uh, you know, yeah, that stinks, uh, man. Yeah. That, that whole setup was so great. They had that Famous pub pitch. and everything. Yeah. yeah, and then a lot of history. Just got bought out. We've also got first match <laughs> and home opener for Atlanta United. Gentlemen, are you excited? We've also got – pause. I didn't read ahead in my notes. <laughs> Are we excited about playing Orlando City? Of course, always. I mean, you know, it's Atlanta United's biggest uh, rival. It's it's one where, um, you know, there's so much hatred between the two fan bases. It's always good. And and it's, you know, interesting that they're starting the season off against Orlando. You know, that that's one where sometimes you kind of would rather ease into the season, maybe play a game that isn't as meaningful. But instead, they're getting thrown right in. And, and look. Let's not kid ourselves. Joseph Martinez is probably the most hated person in Orlando. So, you know, I mean, there's there's a little extra going into this one. And uh, Orlando also has um, Alexandre Pato now, which, uh, you know, you're signing Alexandre Pato in 2021 and acting like it's a big signing. That is typical Orlando behavior. But uh, I'm sure that he's still got a little bit left in the tank to play really well in, in MLS and, and particularly uh, against Atlanta United, who – you know, there's a lot of question marks about going into this season, especially with a new coach and, and a lot of new players on the roster. So this is setting up, I, I, I believe that this is setting up for, for the great return of the Joseph Martinez, especially against a team like Orlando City. You know, I, you can only envision it going one way. And that is with like, a, you know, a hat trick for Joseph Martinez coming off this year long, <sighs> long absence. The other, the other scenarios you can picture just aren't in existence. They're, they're on a different timeline, some, somewhere, somewhere far away. Like They don't exist in our realm because it's not going to happen. Joseph Martinez is going to walk in there in Orlando City and show them who their daddy is. Yes. Like he always has. Yeah, if, so if, if it, Martinez. If it, and if it doesn't turn out that way, then you can all point the blame back, <laughs> back at me. To blaming I'll, take 20, I'll, take, I'll take back 2021. Well, I Joseph think Martinez scores thing, a hat trick, though. I mean, all bets are off. Does, I mean, does you know, it, does United it, fans knowing, are going to go insane. Knowing who Joseph Martinez is, doesn't that set up perfectly for him to just have an outstanding return to to to, to playing the game? Of course. Coming off this coming off this injury that that has kept him off the field for for basically a year, he comes back. The first team he's got to play is Orlando City. Like, come on, come Daddy's on. back. Daddy's you back. Know, I, I don't love the fact that it's the first game of the season because, I mean, like you said, Sam, normally you want to ease your way into this. And you want to, you want to, especially with a new coach, you you effectively have a, a, you know, a new, a new team, a new, new team. Um, you know, you're trying to figure out where the pieces are going to, are going to be placed in this, in this, you know, starting 11 and, and, you know, it's going to take more than just, you know, preseason to figure that out. So you don't want to enter into one of your, 
biggest rivalry games, uh, you know, not knowing where all the pieces fit, but the very least you've got Joseph Martinez back. You've got a bunch of good young players that, that, you know, that hopefully are, are proud to play for, for a coach like Heinze and we'll see how it goes. But I mean, it just, it just, it just sets itself up to be one of these epic returns, epic return stories for, for a player like Joseph Martinez has been out for, for, for the last year. And we'll it's funny because him. there's uh, sorry, Josh. I didn't mean no, that. It's, okay, it's, it's it's funny because you look at how you know Tata Martino's first game in charge of Atlanta United, for example. The game was a loss, but I think we all felt so good because of the style the team was playing. You know, they got that goal from Yamil Assad against the Red Bulls, and, and it was really like exciting. And there wasn't any pressure, I don't think, on Tata Martino in that first game because it's like, well, we've never seen. So it's just we want to see what's going on here. A lot more pressure, I feel like, on Gabriel Heinze because of the expectation of the Atlanta United fan base, one, and getting Joseph Martinez back and, you know, having something that, you know, Atlanta United didn't have basically all of last season. So I think there's a little more pressure on Gabriel Heinze to get out of the gate quickly and to show that he's going to get Atlanta United, you know, back to where they want to be, especially against your biggest rival in that first game. I don't like it from the scenario of the pressure I feel like Gabriel Heinz is going to be under compared to like Tata Martino in his first few games where there wasn't really a whole lot yeah. of pressure. That's um, true. It, it is, no, I'm it just is, saying for Heinz, it's just different. It, it's very different. And I'm interested to see, I mean, if we talk about the expectations of the fan base um, after what happened last season and you, you know, things are looking up, will, will the expectation be to be better, to be competitive, to be in the playoffs and to be a threat to make a run? Or are we expecting this to be a title contender from day one? That's going to be a difficult um, road to navigate for Gabriel Heinze. who wants to play a clear system of play. That's going to take time for the players, uh, a lot of them to adapt to. And, you know, he's just in a, come to a place where the, 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 the expectations are high, but maybe you still have some bad baggage from last season. And you talk about, Sam, the – initial weeks of Tata Martino and how that pressure wasn't there. That was not the case under Frank DeBoer. And granted, it turned out that DeBoer was not the answer anyway. But and he cracked saw, under the pressure too. Absolutely. Like, like, but you DeBoer did, see, did not deal with that pressure well. And he absolutely. was the one that was saying like Atlanta United fans are spoiled or whatever. Absolutely. And, and that was a result of the pressure that was on him. Absolutely. It was like, well, what are these fans doing? Like, why are there so much expectation here? Because you came into a club that had just won a championship, yeah. man. Like, of course there's going to be expectations. But you all, the board you saw, didn't handle it well. You saw it with the play on the field too, right, where a lot of players didn't seem totally aware of what their roles were. And, again, that was an, a lot of that w- ended up being a long-term issue with Frank DeBoer not being able to communicate what he wanted f- from his players. But it, it, for any manager, regard, good or bad, you're going to go through that adjustment period. So I'm interested to see if you're looking at a month into the season or so and you're still seeing – Atlanta United maybe still rounding into form. What is the feeling going to be like around the club, around the fan base? Um, is there going to be kind of a here we go again? Uh, and I don't think there will be. Um, but like to your point, Sam, something I hadn't really considered is I think Heinz is certainly when he comes into the job has got a little bit of pressure on him. And he's also in a not a great situation because he's still got to uh, help some of these players move on from 2020 integrate a bunch of new pieces all while working in the new system, living, you know, is speaking in, uh, in, a, in a new country where there's a, you know, a different language being spoken. There's a lot of moving parts right now, but the expectation for Heinz is just going to be to win and hit the ground running. Um, Anybody have to suit up a center back at this rate. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, Hey, I mean, that might not be the worst decision. Honestly. It probably wouldn't be to be yeah. honest. Player coach. 
He looks great, by the way. Oh, yeah. He is a beautiful man. Yeah, that wow. mane of hair, you know, oh, man. just like goes Tell us how you really feel, and, Josh. I, I just told you. He's, I'm he's crushing hard. Him. Josh is I crushing over hard. him. I mean, I, it, it might be more than a crush at this point. I mean, when you look at where he's played <laughs> and what he's been through, I, I don't know. Well, and not, me being a Manchester United fan, I mean, you know, getting an early introduction to this guy. I mean, I, I've, I've followed his career and, and also uh, when he went on to Real Madrid. So, like, this guy's obviously played for high-profile clubs, but, I mean, just the, the, the style. And, I mean, you know, the, the quote from Sir Alex Ferguson, I mean, it's just perfect. You know, the guy, the guy would kick his own granny. Uh, shout out to uh, Breaking Tea for the Atlanta Granny Kicker shirt, by the That's way. That's a good one, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, it's, it's, again, it's, it's just a great um, – a great player coming in and a guy that's got all the experience in the world. And if he, you know, I don't think we know this other than the fact that we've seen him manage some other clubs, but in terms of how he manages Atlanta United, if he comes in with the same sort of mentality he had as a player, that, you know, ruthless aggression, that win it at all costs, like, um, you know, all that stuff, then yeah. I mean, I I totally think this is, this is going to be a good signing uh, in terms of the manager, but, you know, the, the mentality and all that stuff is one thing. The results are completely different. You know, you can come in and have the best mentality. You know, the, this happens a lot in college football where you have these, like, rah-rah managers that come in and the players love them and they're, like, they would run through a brick wall for this coach, but they ultimately can't get the job done on the field. You know, so there's always two parts of it. There's your ability to connect with your team, your ability to get them to want to play for you, and then there's getting results. So the, the getting the results is going to be the – the, the tricky part for Heinze in particular because this is a, an Atlanta United team that, that's sort of, um, I don't want to say rebuilding because that, that's not really the right, I think, word, especially for MLS where there's yeah. so much team turnover every year. But, but certainly but, retooling. Right. Yeah. yeah and, and, and like you said, Sam, I mean, all of those steps, lear- getting to know the manager, learning to play the man- with, with the system, sometimes those come before the results start to come consistently. So it's going to be interesting to see if that – period of the players getting used to what Heinze wants coincides with results or maybe you get off to an inconsistent start to the season and, and the reaction to that if that happens will be absolutely critical I've got 2017 level confidence me personally that's the kind of confidence I have 2017 but, the, but, what, was, but what was your confidence in 2017 I mean is that you was, had was, good you had you had good players surrounded by a world-class manager that's are you talking that's about what, going into 2017 going like into 2017 the game yeah, yeah, yeah. you see I, I feel like for for us like you know we talked about this I think a little last week there was some excitement no question about it and you saw that Atlanta United was getting players that had, had played in some high profile places Joseph Martinez coming from Italy uh, to come over and, and play for Atlanta United but there was a lot more unknown. I think now we, we sort of – and there's going to be some unknown because of new players coming into play for Atlanta United this year. But uh, confidence – I think confidence is not the word I would use for me. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to speak for you. But I, I think it was more just optimism as opposed to, like, confidence because, you know, this is a new team. And, and, and I think Tata Martino is probably what gave me the most optimism in 2017 because, hell, this is a guy that's managing the World Cup. So, you know, I mean, he's going to be coaching Atlanta United, so he knows at least what he's doing. And, and that proved to be right. You know, he was able to get the, the, the club uh, off to a phenomenal start and win a championship in only their second year in existence. So I think overall um, – this how I feel about this season compared to like 2017. I w- I would say I agree with you that I feel confident now, and it's mainly because of Joseph Martinez. It's not as much like I had that optimism because we had a great manager. I have confidence because 
one of the best goal scorers all time in the history of MLS is coming back and looks to be fully healthy and not just healthy, fully motivated. And the one I think positive of playing Orlando city in your first game is if you, if Joseph Martinez wasn't motivated before, which he clearly is coming back from the injury, it's going to be like triple that because he wants to, you know, he has set himself up as, you know, Orlando's daddy, like, so to speak. So he's going to have even more confidence to come out, have a great first game, and really cement that because, you know, when you troll a, a team as much as uh, Joseph Martinez has trolled Orlando City, people think it's going to come back to bite you at some point. And let's just hope that doesn't happen. I mean, I have tempered expectations, but the, 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 the confidence I have is, is just like the confidence I had in 2017. I, I said 2017, I think they have a, have a solid chance to actually to win the whole thing. And that was based off the, the manager, the players that they had put around them, uh, around the manager, they, they had collected essentially for the manager. And I, I get that same feeling. I don't know if it's, you know, if it's a, if it's, if it's a, if I'm right in having that feeling, but it's the same feeling I have. I mean, I, I, I have a feeling that it might take, you know, whatever, a few weeks for them to figure it out in terms of how, how exactly the starting 11, uh, you know, matches up um, the little tweaks here and there that, that Heinz will have to put together. But overall, I think it's going to, it's, it's not going to be the season. I think everyone is, is optimistic and confident that it's not going to be the season we had under the seasons we had under Frank DeBoer. No, no question about that. And I think that's, that's the, the, even if, even if the, the results on the field don't say, um, you know, this team's winning MLS cup, even if it is like a 2017 season where they, 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 you know, they make it into the playoffs, but the confidence going into the playoffs isn't like the skyrocketed high or anything like that. At least that season, this season will be remembered in the same vein as uh, the 2017 season, the sense of that the style of play was fun to watch. Uh, it was exciting to go to games again. You know, you didn't see as much complaining about the style of play than that you do now on Twitter and stuff like that. Not that I would base anything off Twitter, but you know, that's just a, help exemplify the the hate i guess from the frank DeBoer eras but my, my point is is that that's the level of confidence that i have is that i i'm not saying that they're gonna win mls cup even though I, that's what i said in 2017 or that they had a chance to uh but that i think that you'll see a lot of 2017 in 2021 um there's another reason for confidence too i mean the the this league flips more than any other professional yeah, sports league in sure. the world i mean I'll, I'll i'll go ahead and put out a bold prediction right now Columbus crew are going to struggle to make the MLS cup playoffs like that. that that's kind of how I feel right now, just because that, that's how this league works. I mean, the, the turnover is just always so uh, much. There's always like a team that comes out of nowhere. And that was kind of Columbus crew last year. You know, I mean, they, they I think they really got hot at the right time and, and, you know, stormed their way all the way through. And I don't think anybody really thought that they were going to beat Seattle in the final, but they did. And, you know, the, the, that's something that, um, you know, a team has that ability in MLS to make a really quick jump. And I think that's another reason for optimism for Atlanta United, just because uh, you get uh, Joseph Martinez back, who is, again, a, a, a top, I don't know, is top five not enough? We say like a top three player in MLS when he's healthy. I mean, he's one of the he's best players he's the league has to offer. Yeah, so, I mean, you have him come in and – We've talked about this ad nauseum, but just so many deliveries into the box, so many deliveries into the penalty area last year that went to nothing because you didn't have the person that knew how to finish those opportunities. Now you have him back. 
So Atlanta United will have that, and that's a huge advantage they're going to have over a lot of other teams. I, I, also, I also think that you look at some of these new faces and the opportunity that, present, that is presented to them, uh, you, know, you know, having seen Miguel Almiron go to, go, to, go to England and play in the Premier League, um, having seen guys like Pity get signed to huge deals, you know, it, it's seeing what happens to, to players that make something of themselves in this league watching them go overseas and playing for even bigger clubs and even bigger leagues, they, they got to see this as an opportunity to, you know, really cement themselves as a, as, as someone that could do that. Um, so I, I, you know, I think that's what I'm look, most looking forward to is remember in 2017, we walked into the, and we didn't really know who Joseph Martinez was even in preseason. We didn't really know who Joseph Martinez was. And it wasn't for the first three or four, ma- three or four matches that we figured out who Joseph Martinez was. I'm excited to see what, the 2021 version of that could be with all these new faces. I want to see what, who is going to step up and then really make something out of the opportunity of coming to Atlanta United and potentially being able to, you know, use this as some kind of a launching pad into whatever happens for the next part of their career. Um, that's, I think that's along with seeing, watching Joseph play a lot along with watching, you know, Heinz to see what he can do with this team. I want to see what players step up and what players really, you know, bring it in terms of changing the, 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 the optics of this team that, you know, were, were so low and so, so bad just the last two years. Um, that's what I'm excited to see. Cause it's not going to be Joseph Martinez. He can't do it by himself. As much as we think he can, he can't do it by himself. Um, you know, even at his best, he still had Julian Gressley, still had Miguel Almidoni, still had Yamil Saad, you know, so on. Even you can throw in Barco in there too. Um, so you, he, he's not going to be able to do it by himself. We can't ask him to do it by himself. Um, so other players and then under the, under the, you know, the guide of, of Heinze, they'll be able to, there will be players that figure out how to step up, how to make the most of this opportunity of, of playing with Atlanta United, man, I really make Atlanta United seem like it's like, <laughs> like heaven. <laughs> well, I think the midfield, I mean, it's interesting, right? Cause if you look at the back four right now, it's, I mean, it, it, unless Ronald Hernandez starts, it's basically the same back four as last year. Your front three is pretty much identical. Minus Mazza. Minus right, minus Mesa, but you're you know you're going walks Robinson, Bello, and then either Lennon or Hernandez on the right uh, as as it stands. That's not too dissimilar a back four from last year. Um, you do lose Mesa and Escobar, of course. I think sure. Escobar on the right being uh, one that's uh, going to be tough to replace. But the big where, where the real moving pieces are are in midfield, and that's where you're going to have to see. To Eric's point, how are players going to handle this? How are they going to step up? Because last year the midfield was just so boring and not progressive with the ball where you ended up with match after match where Atlanta United had great position possession statistics last year, but they created nothing. And, and that, that is because of just a bland midfield last year and Sosa and Ibarra and, and probably Moreno as well as he gets comfortable in, in 2021 you're going to have those three and, and maybe Osito, maybe uh, Heinemann giving you better performances the midfield is going to have to transform this season. I think you already kind of have an idea that despite the lack of depth, your back four can do a job for you. Although, as we discussed, if one of those center backs goes down, um, big matzo ball. The front three, uh, I like to say that. The front three, I think, is very similar, although you need a fit Barco, certainly, um, on the left. And then it's the midfield, which not only last season was such a problem for this team, but now you've got new guys, and those are the players – and there, I think their integration into Heinz's system and willingness to step up and provide what he wants 
which is kind of what Eric's talking about. I think it's the midfield in particular where that's going to have to happen. And it's hard to really evaluate right now because Sose Barra, we haven't seen play. Moreno didn't get a lot of minutes last year. Some of it was on the wing. So I'm going to be interested to just watch these preseason games to see how the midfield trio functions. Um, and are they looking to play a little more progressive, driving the team forward, taking chances, as opposed to last season, which was really just a risk-averse. And it was hard to tell if it was just because the environment was so bad last year or the, the, the player that, without Joseph Martinez, the midfield didn't have a, a player they felt comfortable passing the ball forward to. But for whatever reason, you're going to have to see a totally, completely different play from the midfield this season, or you're going to see – what we saw last year, high possession, little chances created. And that's the last thing Gabriel Heinze wants in a, in, a, in a system where he wants possession, but he also wants to be going vertical and pressing the other team's defense whenever possible. Like, I don't want to bloviate on Barco too much either because, you know, that's something we've talked about a lot as well. But at the Same same time, for him. that's – well, not just him. I mean, that's got to be one of Gabriel Heinze's, you know, most important jobs here is is – just connecting with him on a, you know, coach to player level. And I think obviously he's going to be able to do that way better than Frank DeBoer was just because he's Argentinian and South American and has that sort of clout for a guy like Ezekiel Barco that Frank DeBoer just didn't have and would, was never going to have. You know, do you think that, do you think that could be like some sort of a, a mandate's not the right word, but, um, Kind of like a not, oh, it's a directive more, from the club. More, There's no question. About well, it. so but, but how hard of a directive? Because this club is, doesn't doesn't come off as the kind of front office that would say, "Hey, we really need you to help us get, you know, a, a good return on investment." Guy. But I yeah. think yeah, I think it goes without saying, though. I mean, right? I mean, I'm sure yeah. that you don't, you don't he, I, I, yeah, like Darren Eels or or Bokenegger or whoever didn't need to go up to Gabriel Heinze and explicitly say one of right. your biggest jobs is fixing this guy. I think that was known just from. Um, Gabriel Heinze watching Atlanta United play, uh, you know, and, and, and watching the tape and seeing, hey, that guy is uh, making a lot of money for them and he needs to play better. So I, I think that's right off the bat. Let's, let's, let's put it this way. Is it, is, it, is it in terms of video games kind of analogy? Is it uh, main quest or like side quest? Oh, side quest. Main okay. quest is, is fixing the entire <laughs> team and getting them to play better and getting the results. There's no question about that. That's always going to be main quest. But this is certainly the biggest side quest he's got as Atlanta United's man. I don't know what you dorks are talking about right now. <laughs> but I will say that I think those things, it's going to go hand in hand, right? If you get the best out of Barco, everybody knows that's going to turn into consistently good results for Atlanta United because he just has that much ability. He's and got I think also, sure. coming from Argentina, Heinze will already know who Barco is and probably some of the um, inconsistencies he's suffered because I'm sure – uh, you know, two, three years ago, the expectation was for Barco to may maybe even be competing uh, for spots uh, to get caps for the full international side right now. Obviously, that isn't, hasn't happened. I don't think it's so much – I don't know if fixing Barco is the right word, I, although I can see where you're coming from. Mentally you, fixed. Yeah, I don't think it's an on-the-field fix. I do think he right. needs to get in his head. I, I, if, it, they were, if, they, if they were pre to present that to Heinze, though, I think it would be more of, you know, get us, get us, get us the best return for investment that we can get this season for him right, well, right that's now. That's the other thing, that, right? That, whether, whether, whether it's, it's, it's – but whether it's, you know, you fixing Barco or Barco's the same and we just happen to shine a light on him and he ends up scoring, you know, 15 goals and, you know, tennis, whatever – the point is, no matter how now how it happens, I don't I don't think LA United is necessarily concerned with with fixing Barco the player. It's going to help, obviously, but 
more so on get us our get us get us a, a big return on investment for a player that we invested so much in and who isn't doesn't look like he's panning out so far. Not that he can't, but that it, it's it's a struggle to it's 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 hard for I guess the club to see where the return is going to be when he's you know when he hasn't really shined the way we thought he would. Help us get him to that point, whatever it takes, as opposed to actually you know even if it doesn't mean results in the field, maybe maybe or at least statistically. Um, it will, though. If Barco, I know, I, if I, I Barco feeling... is producing, it will, it will turn into goals. It will yeah. turn into results. So that he, he's the key, not just to success this season, but also I think future successes in terms of if he's good this year, you're going to get sell-on value for him. If it takes another year, he's going to be reaching that age where clubs are going to say, well, this guy isn't so young anymore. Maybe I don't want to spend that extra $10 million on him. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at our sponsor, Lucid FC, proud sponsor of Dirty South Soccer, Mouse of South Podcast. Distinctively modern clothing line based right here in Atlanta reflects a deeply British American heritage design approach uh, to clothing, promotes freedom of fashion, gender, and role. The brand's iconic logo is immediately recognizable. Lucid FC, uh, check out their pants, outerwear, hats, shirts, hoodies. Right now they're big on the masks. Um, ask me what the FC and Lucid FC stands for. What does the FC? What does the FC? Footwear and clothing. A perfect match for all the fans of the football clubs. LucidSC.us. Check them out. Use the code DSS for a little discount. Check them out. LucidSC.us. I was looking at their range the other day. This is a Modern World collection that they've got, and there's some pretty sweet stuff on there including a bucket hat I've got uh, my eye on. Uh, so definitely looking at their collections and uh, looking at what they're doing. And, hey, it's if, Jack, if it's good enough for Jack Harlow, it's good enough for us. Give me some more Jack Harlow. That's right. Absolutely. Um, you, said, you, know, you didn't know who Jack Harlow was like a month ago, Eric. Look, so don't do, do you want to know the story? Not about that matters that Do you want to know the story? Like, do you want to know the actual, like, how, like, I knew who he was. I didn't know the name. So me and music don't have, like, the best relationship, okay? Like, I know songs. I know some music, but, like, I don't. Go hard. I know Sam goes hard on music. I don't go yeah, hard Sam on music. Definitely knows music the best of us three. I don't sure. go hard on music. It's not that I don't care. I just I don't care like other people. I was the kind of kid, even in high school, as a, as a, as a youngster, I was more. I wanted to listen more to talk radio than I did to music. So that being Jesus. said, when well, I'm playing video games, radios. when I'm playing Call of Duty, and all of a sudden I hear in the chopper Jack Harlow, I'm like, I know that guy. And yeah. then I see the video on Lucid FC's thing, him repping the Lucid FC brand, uh, logo. I'm like, oh, that's Jack Harlow. That's the song I know. Okay, I'm putting there the two together. You're, you're a genius, Eric. <laughs> so I like the song. I didn't know who sang it. And then when I saw the music video of the song and saw the Lucid FC logo, I was like, oh, there's the connection. The <laughs> Good for you. Good story. Jerk. <laughs> All right, I'm going to – stop you two from yelling at each other because we have a few more minutes before the uh before the zoom link expires here and uh, i know that's uh breaking the fourth wall but whatever um yeah we're being you would cheap. also prefer talk radio to music well we're, we're also going yeah <laughs> we're also going to uh upgrade our zoom uh before the season so we can actually you know do these for longer periods of time but um josh you know you're a season ticket holder what are your thoughts about like, you know, just the season starting in general? Like I went to a game uh, when they started allowing fans back in last season and I'll say this, I mean, you know, not having anybody like in my immediate vicinity and everything was actually kind of nice. Uh, but uh, at the same time, you know, there, there's definitely going to be a lot of 
trepidation, I'm sure, from some fans. And even like you look at like how, you know, a lot of spring sports are doing and like the Texas Rangers announced the other day, uh, the baseball team, that they're going to have full capacity with, with mask mandates, obviously. But I mean, full capacity, which is like 40,000 plus at that stadium. I mean, that's certainly an interesting target. And I think, you know, you see a state like Texas doing that and Georgia's obviously pretty similar to Texas in terms of, you know, politics and, and how those kind of things go. So what are you thinking, Josh, in terms of like, uh, you know, getting to these games and, and how it's going to go from the early part of the season? I feel good about it. I mean, I think if you look at the precedent set last year. And you've already been vaccinated. Uh, so, you know, MLS, MLS is back. Uh, MLS is back. Was it was a, in terms of the safety? It was a great success. The way that MLS regular season went. Uh, when you were actually going to stadiums was a great success. The numbers now, were good. A lot of panic and a lot of, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of people on Twitter like spouting off about it without yes. knowing what was actually I'm going on. I'm trying to avoid making fun of everyone, but I'm going to stop <laughs> after 10 seconds here. Correct. Don't listen to the people that say you're going to die if you go to a game, okay? Doom and gloom. Every, I mean, if you look back, I mean, there's going to be pushback, just natural mm-hmm. pushback from the yeah. fan base. Look, people have been dead wrong. They were wrong about MLS's back and saying that in a bubble it wouldn't work. They were wrong. You know, then they said fans were risking their lives going to matches, even though there were all of these protocols in place. I think it's very clear that MLS is consulting with top science people and that the situation uh, is going, especially considering where the numbers, uh, case numbers and vaccination numbers are going right now. You got. I feel very, very good about it. And I also feel good that the club and MLS will be talking to the right people that will have them put the right protocols in place to make things as safe as possible, despite what the geniuses on Twitter say. Go to games, but be safe. That's pretty much how we'll sign off. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell me where they can find you, boys. At Sam J. Franco for me. At Josh B. 914. You can find me at Eric G. Quintana. You can find the podcast at MOTS Podcast. I think, do we have anything else coming up? No. <laughs> Any final thoughts for you guys? Um, go to the games, but be safe. Yes, I'm excited to watch games. Not, not, not long now, not long. Soon enough. All right, that does it for us. Until next time, see you later, Atlanta. See you.